Hey guys, my name is Emma Lasko, and this is The Pilot's Pandemic. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi guys, my name is Claire Schindler. Uh, I fly for a private charter company on the Falcon 7X. Um, and in my spare time, I work on a, a nonprofit called Sky Kids out in uh, California. Hi Claire, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It is a pleasure to have you. How are you doing today? I'm great, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Just, you know, tired, chugging this coffee. What's new? Really, yes, what's coffee. new? Coffee. So tell <laughs> us a little bit about yourself. When did you discover your passion for aviation? So I grew up outside of uh, Washington, D.C., uh, and my dad on the weekends would take me to uh, all the museums out there, but especially the Air and Space Museum because, you know, he's uh, retired Air Force. Nice. And uh, I fell in love with Amelia Earhart and her story. Same. Just like... <laughs> Oh, it's it's just it's so cool like she's such a badass to just go out on her own and like and see the world and travel the world like on her own power yes. so i love i love from Amelia like Earhart. that oh day on i was like yes pilot i need to do that um so i i actually joined civil air patrol uh at the age of 12 um, <laughs> okay uh, yeah <laughs> like a huge nerd and um I only joined because I heard there's five free orientation flights a year. And uh, then I found out you could go to Flight Academy. So I went to Flight Academy at like 16, got my first 10 hours of flight. Um, and then I came back home and my dad signed me up for flight lessons to continue. Um, got my private. And then I went out to college at Embry-Riddle out in Arizona. Nice. Please don't judge me. No, no, no. People, okay, I don't get why Embry-Riddle has such like a stigma. I'm like, honestly, if you can get into Embry-Riddle and you can go to Embry-Riddle, like good for you. I'm jealous. <laughs> I would have loved to It was to expensive. Yeah, yeah. But I I promise I'm not a jerk about it. I don't think I'm the coolest person ever. Um, but I, yeah, no, I enjoyed I my time there. I went there for, oh, good, good. <laughs> I went there for four years. I got my instrument, my commercial there. Um, and then I went out to Apple Valley, California. I don't feel like a lot of people know where that is. Oh, um, it's no. like by Barstow. Like okay, on the way that? to Vegas. From <laughs> Okay. okay. Uh, it's like okay. high desert California. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. So it, it was it was interesting. It was uh, t- about two years of chasing drones. So I would be flying like a Cessna 210 uh, or a Piper Comanche or um, we had a couple of Moonies and a Bonanza. And we we're flying in formation with like Predators and Reaper UAVs because they're in testing. That's so that's <laughs> sick. Oh, my God, girl. You are badass. <laughs> I love it. Oh, so you've had like oh, you've had a very exciting like start to your career and and even just your career right now it seems so exciting. I'm like so jealous, girl. 
you are badass. Oh. But tell <laughs> Thank me, you. tell me about your current job and like you know your career, which you talked about. You know how you carved your path a little bit, but how'd you get um, the job that you have now currently? Um, so corporate and charter flying is like super hard to get into. Uh, admittedly, like people don't actively advertise for it. It's truly like who you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I kind of set out to do. I just I went to a bunch of conferences like the Women in Aviation Conference and uh, MBAA, and I just like networked with people. Um, gotcha. And I at every opportunity, I just had like people look at my resume and like take a crack at it. And I you know advertised myself on LinkedIn. Um, with, you know, me saying that I wanted to be in the charter and corporate mm-hmm. field. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually someone did reach out to me and they're like, hey, I went to Embry-Riddle. We're looking for young pilots that we can mold in the industry. How would you like to fly a Falcon 7X? And I was like, uh, yes. Uh, duh. <laughs> Sign up. <laughs> Say no more. I that, don't care what the pay yeah. is. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I feel you, girl. That's like, that's an awesome opportunity. Do you have any advice for, you know, um, not just, I, I, I say young women, I kind of want to speak to my ladies because I haven't really had any, you know, girl pilots on yet. But if you had advice for like a female or a male pilot to kind of get into what you're doing right now, what would it be? Um, I would say like, it's just like a confidence thing and being able to like approach people and talk to people um, because it is of a who, you know, kind of deal. It seems like super intimidating to go up to a company and like talk to them when you're like nowhere near the time they're looking for. Don't Mm -hmm. think about that. You just have to go up and say, Hey, I would love to work for you someday. Um, My name is Claire. Uh, This is what I'm doing to uh, gain experience and hours. What do you think I could do to be like the best candidate for you? And like, they, they truly appreciate that. Like you may think to yourself that they don't want to spend the time on you because they're low time. That's not the case. Mm -hmm. Like you're an investment. So treat yourself like an investment, like be like, Hey, this is what I have to offer. Tell me how I could be valuable to you. And I'm going to work on it so I can come work for you. Yeah, no, that's awesome advice. Thank you so much. That's good to know because I feel like, I feel like the the aviation industry can be like really, really intimidating, um, especially for young girls. I mean, I know myself, I've, I've been nervous just to go into flight lessons, so I can understand how oh, it, yeah. it can be kind of intimidating to, you know, put yourself out there, but that's good advice and really, really good for uh, probably myself and a lot of my listeners to know. Is there, what, what do you like, what do you love most about your job? Uh, I would say, uh, the, the traveling international part, like, it's just a whole nother challenge. Uh, like I was truly kind of thrown into the deep end, but this job, like is a huge learning curve between like going from like a Cessna to a jet. But on top of that, like they're long flights, they're like eight or nine hours each. And, uh, we're going to all these different countries with different accents and policies, procedures, but like, it's just a fun challenge to me. And then you get to meet so many new cool people along the way. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even imagine like what I, what has been like one of the most, um, what's probably been like the trickiest place for you to fly as far as like procedures and stuff like that. Like I was talking to a buddy of mine and he flew, I think to one of the, it's like one of the French islands, but he had Mm -hmm. such a hard time understanding the air traffic controller because his accent was so thick. Have you ever had anything like (laughs) that happen to you? 
Oh my gosh, yes. The the French are just notorious for it. A lot of it is their accents very thick, and then they talk so fast. Um, and it's it's so easy to get frustrated, but like they're trying to help you. <laughs> and I think you like you just have to take a step back and like take a deep breath and just like I think you can't be afraid of say say again like over and over again and and ask for spellings because a lot of the waypoints are pronounced like slightly different than you would think they were like because of their accent. So it's always better to like spell it out. Um, and then Russia and China are kind of tricky because they use meters and that's like a whole nother level of what? <laughs> yeah. Ever been like a moment where you just like completely did not understand what they were saying and you were just like, oh my God, what do I do? <laughs> yeah, um, I had like a mechanical issue and um it wasn't anything major but uh, mm-hmm. my captain went back in the back and told the passenger like hey I'm so sorry like we're gonna have to turn back like we had a mechanical issue yeah um so I was up there uh trying to get us like a reroute back to the airport and we mm-hmm. were out of France <laughs> with oh their, goodness with, with thick... their thick accents <laughs> yeah and uh yeah I just for like a solid three minutes argued with this French controller about a waypoint that he was saying because I thought oh he was God. saying like one and he was definitely saying another and I was like yeah this this waypoint and he's like no this no <laughs> so finally he spelled it and I was like uh, uh, uh <laughs> it's it's one of those things where like it's like man like can you just spell it out use the phonetic alphabet anything dude like I do not there there are times when like even just here like around I've had a few controllers that I just really truly couldn't understand and like around here the southern accent could come on really really strong and I have a little bit of a southern accent but I've had a few controllers that they'll say something and I'm like um Mm -mm. excuse me and then I come back again and they're like no and I'm like okay well this and they're no and I'm like, okay, well, I'm about to freak out. Can you, like, explain? I can't understand. There's so many – I've had a few moments where I'm like, you just want to talk to them in plain English, and it's so hard not to. Um, yes. But that's so awesome. I love that, like, you're able to just – it seems like you're literally just living your best life, girl. Like, you're flying all around the world. It sounds awesome. But is there anything that, like – which, you know, I hope you don't, but is there anything that you dislike about your job? Uh, I mean, honestly, like, the hardest part of it is just, like, being away. I mean, I am super lucky to have found a job that I work two weeks on and two weeks off. So for two yeah. weeks, I'm on the road, and then two weeks, I'm home. Um, but it's a fixed schedule, so, like, I don't have any, like, flexibility as to time off, really, um, mm-hmm. unless, like, it's a family emergency. But other than that, like, you know, I'm committed to the schedule, so I miss stuff here and there. Um, yeah. And I'm not home as much to, like, see my friends and family, um, mm-hmm. but I try to make the most of it. I think that's honestly, like, the only really hard part about my job, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you ever, like, has, you know, your schedule, have you ever had times where, you just felt like you needed a break or have you ever felt overwhelmed within during your career? Uh, yeah, there's been um, like, I would say holiday seasons are pretty packed for us. And mm-hmm. um, because we're still a fairly young company, uh, we do pick up quite a few pop-up trips. So basically we could just be sitting in an area uh, and they'll sell us a trip. Um, so there's been a few uh, seasons where I've just like, we've done back to back to back trips 
Yeah. Um, but like I, I'm lucky to have crew members that were like they're in the same boat too. So like mm-hmm. they're just as tired and exhausted. And sometimes I just have to be like, guys, I, I need a minute. Like Yeah. Yeah. They're like, no worries. And I come back to them like ten minutes later. I'm like, okay, we're good. Yeah. It's good that you've got like a good group of people surrounding you. From what you're telling me, it seems like you have good coworkers and that's so important. Like to be to stay happy in that kind of environment, you need people who have your back. That's so, so important. But has has speaking of that subject, like as far as, you know, pilot healthcare anxiety, has that ever affected you? So I I guess for me, um with my journey, like flying definitely impacted my life in a healthy way and I think a lot it's the same for a lot of people where like yeah I was not always as like happy-go-lucky as I was and flying mm-hmm. gave me like my kind of like purpose and direction in life where I felt yeah. like I had something to contribute whereas beforehand like it was pretty dark um, yeah but especially because of COVID and how cut off from the world we are like when we go on the road like stuff isn't open mm-hmm. um, a lot of times we're in our hotel rooms and and in fact, in a couple of countries, they don't let us leave the hotel room. Ooh. So it gets pretty dark. So I would say, like, especially right now, like, the a pilot's ability to, like, talk to somebody and just, like, work stuff out is so critical. And yeah. no one can do it. Like, I've talked yeah. about it with a lot of my friends, and they would love to do it. But yeah. they just can't. Like, they're just – they're terrified. I'm terrified, mean, yeah. I had a girlfriend that said, like, you want to know why pilots drink so much? It's because they, they're depressed. I've oh, never yeah. met a oh, more depressed God. group of people than pilots. Yes. That, and that's such a – and I'm so glad you brought that up because I was talking to um, – I think it was Jill Mongine, and we were sitting there talking, and it's like all – like, I don't know one – I mean, I don't want to say that, but I don't know a lot of pilots that aren't undercover alcoholics. Like, these yeah. people drink like – and yes. at first, you know, when I first got into school and I kind of saw that that party side of it, I just thought it was, like, purely that. Just like, okay, well, these people are party people. And, you know, growing up and seeing my dad do it and being around other pilots growing up, like, I've always noticed they do they do like to party, but – it wasn't until I got, you know, really kind of diving into the industry and knowing more and more people and experiencing more and more stuff that I realized that, okay, this isn't like a party thing. I think these people are just genuinely trying to cope and this is the only way they know how. Um, and speaking Absolutely. of coping, like what, what, is there anything that you do to cope with, you know, everything that you're saying, having to fly overseas and, you know, for example, not even being able to leave your hotel. How do you cope with that? How do you keep your mental health good? How do you keep that strength? So uh, I've learned like over the years, like what works for me. Um, and I would say a big part of that is like exercise. Um, mm-hmm. I always feel better when I work out, um, even yeah. if it's not for very long. Um, yeah. I also take like vitamin D that sounds silly, but like, I always feel better in like warmer climates and where there's sunshine. Oh, same. I'm girl. I, winter <laughs> is depressing. I get it is. So, it's dark. It's so depressed. Winter is depressing. And like, I physically, and people, people look at me like I'm crazy for this, but like it physically hurts to oh, be yeah. cold for me. Yeah. Like it actually physically hurts. One of my girlfriends, she was like, yeah, like. 
my seasonal depression is finally starting to hit. And I'm like, girl, what you mean? I'm just coming out of that. Like we, what? The sun is actually shining. There, there's green leaves on that. What, what do you have to be depressed about right now? I'm like, I'm happy. It's warm. The sun is out, but during the winter, I feel that like, it's, it's very, very hard for me during the winter. And it's especially hard for me to get motivated to fly during the winter. Like I, I just, Doing Absolutely. a pre-flight on a tarmac where it's 25 degrees and then you've got the wind just absolutely howling, like, it just makes my whole soul, like, collapse. I can't explain it. I'm like, oh, I hate that. I hate that. But so you said working out really helps you a lot. And then just taking, you know, vitamins to keep you there. That's awesome. And when when you work out and, like, this is just – I'm curious about this because my dad was a big runner. And everywhere that he went – overseas like he would run a lot do you are you working out mostly in the hotel like at the gym or do you go out are you ever able to go out and kind of like explore um so I I usually run um in the gym but with COVID like when COVID first started I was very very cautious and then even to this day like a lot of gyms aren't open so like I'll just go out running but I, I highly recommend running even if like you don't go far because it's kind of like a meditation, like especially the day of a flight, like I will spend two hours and like, if I have the access to like a treadmill, I'll just like prop up my Mm -hmm. iPad and go through notums. But like a meditation just to think about like, okay, like we're flying here today. This is what we're doing. Or just to clear my head, like say there is emotional drama going on in my life. Like I have that like half hour to just clear my head and be like ready for the day. It makes a huge difference. Yeah, somebody was talking about on one of the other podcasts I was listening, um, and I can't remember exactly what she said, but it was, she was like, talking about how not to get overwhelmed when you have something big going on that day, or for example, like, when you're flying, because for me, especially even now, like when, when I have flight lessons, I really have to like take an hour in the morning and really think about everything. So like I take that hour in the morning to, you know, look at the weather, you know, plan my flight on four flight and just focus in for an hour and think about what I'm going to be doing today. And then the rest of that time in between that hour and my flight lesson, I let myself relax instead of, if I don't do that, I find myself just panicking throughout the day up until my flight lesson and just feeling completely just like out of sorts. Like I'm not prepared, yeah. um, being prepared. And that's like one thing that nobody talks about is like, if you have a plan, if you just sit down and focus in for an hour on what you're doing, you will feel so much less stressed throughout your day because you've given yourself time to relax. Um, oh, yeah. Cause you and I perform better. Doing. Yeah, I perform better on the flight because I, I've i gone through the flight in my head and I can just be like, okay, we're doing this next and we're doing this and like I got a plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. You know, thank you for being so, you know, open and, and giving us all advice. I know that my listeners will really enjoy that. But I did have a few more questions for you. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so what's it like to be, I mean, a woman in aviation but you know I'm not like quite there yet I'm still on my journey what's it like to be a woman in aviation in the position that you are in um there's quite a lot of imposter syndrome for me um and mm-hmm. a large part of that's because of my age because yeah. I I got given a Falcon 7x job at the age of 23 which is like basically unheard of um yeah. but I I did feel a pressure. I mean, initial training was extremely difficult for me. I was the youngest in my class and the only female. 
Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, like I was, I was a target of like lighthearted joking, but like, yeah. there, were, there were a couple here and there that like clearly did not like me. Um, yeah. And quite a few instructors that would say stuff like kid. And I even had an instructor say sweetie three times in a sim. And I finally just turned him and I was like, that's not okay. Like, that is yeah, not okay. Like, it is never I'm okay. Sweetie. Like, <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm Claire. Just, and, and the sad part is, is like, he didn't know. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And I pointed to the guy, other guy in the sim. I was like, would, would you call him sweetie? He's like, well, no. I was like, well, then you shouldn't be calling me sweetie. I was like, this isn't, you know, a bar. This is the cockpit. Yeah. You need to be treating me like a professional. Yeah. And that that one's so hard for me I let that one fly so much because I grew up in the south so the whole sweetie honey the the syrupy sweet stuff is so grown up with that my whole entire life and it's been hard for me to like there's like a fine line between okay this makes me feel you know kind of at ease kind of comfortable kind of at home but where do we draw the line between okay well this is becoming perverted and it's making me uncomfortable but it's funny you talked about imposter the imposter syndrome because I experienced that so much and have experienced that so much in the past few months now finishing up IFR and doing the podcast I constantly feel like do I deserve this? Am I good enough for this? And even after I got my private, I constantly felt like, am I even good enough? Like, am I good enough to be a pilot? Is this, did I deserve this? Do you, do, or is that, is that imposter syndrome just something that, you know, blips up here and every, every once in a while, or is that something that you experience on a regular, on a regular basis? Um, unfortunately, I feel like it occurs like, pretty regularly for me and I'm, I'm frustrated mm-hmm. with it because like I, I didn't have that imposter syndrome until I got this job I think it was yeah. just such a big leap for me yeah that, and and a couple of people the way they treated me like mm-hmm. in my training and like a little bit on the line where I was just like okay like maybe I don't know what I'm doing yeah um, but I just I've had to greatly uh accelerate my confidence in the cockpit for a lot of reasons because yeah. I found otherwise people just like walk Walk on you yes yes yeah to the point where like it's a crm like safety issue where i've just had Mm -hmm. to be like no that's not okay and it's just so hard for me because i'm a i'm very much a people pleaser (laughs) yeah same same (laughs) and i do a lot of fall i do not stand up for myself a a lot of the times i'm not standing up for myself and that's so important it is because like mine became a safety issue where like if if I hadn't spoken up like it would have been a safety issue like I ended up writing a safety report we talked about it we worked it out but like had I not spoken up it would have been an issue of flight yeah yeah I know I constantly I'm like I feel like I annoy all of my instructors because I'm constantly I'm so aware of everything like if I hear something sounds a little bit different if I see anything that doesn't it just anything that catches my eye I'm constantly like hey like do you see that hey do you think there's a problem (laughs) hey and and it's like I I I get so in my own head and I'm like am I annoying these people like am I annoying my own instructors am I thinking too hard about this but at the end of the day like I have to tell myself after every single you know flight lesson okay maybe I was that annoying student that was being on edge about everything but I'm trying to be as safe as possible. You know what I mean? I'm trying to keep myself and us safe and make sure that there are no issues. But that imposter syndrome is, it sucks. Like it sucks so hard and pulling yourself out of that, like believing in yourself, you know, and, and for people listening, like to hear someone like you say, you know, say that you have imposter syndrome, they're probably like, what? Like, 
what do you mean? Like you have the best job ever. Like you so deserve that, but it's not like that all of the time, especially when you have like, there's just be little things that, you know, certain people say to you along the way that you just sit there and you manifest that thought. And then it becomes like a bigger issue. Um, it can exactly. be so hard to control that. Uh, have you ever had to, which I guess you kind of answered it a little bit, but have you ever had to face like any kind of like major adversity um, in your line of work? Has there ever been a moment where it just went, too far um yeah I I would say like the majority of my adversity that I've experienced my job have been like culture issues like people I work with some of my coworkers are from different countries and we Mm -hmm. go to different countries where like I mean I hate to say it but like women just are they're they're second class citizens basically yeah um so I've I've had to have like more blunt conversations where I'm like, look, I know this isn't a thing, but, yeah. but like, I'm your coworker. I have the same type rating as you. Like we need to yeah. work together. Yeah. Um, we're equals. And, yeah. And, and honestly, like I, I one of my favorite captains is Spanish and he's like, you want to know the only difference between you and I is ours. He's like, we have the same type rating. He's like, we're both pilots. We're going to work together. And I was like, yeah. Oh my gosh, I love you. I need yeah. you to hear you say that. <laughs> You're my best friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. But I forgot what I was going to ask you. It was a really good question. And I it just like slipped from the top of my mind. But oh, have you ever had like a passenger or anyone that you've been flying kind of like question your ability because you were a female? Have you ever had like, not just coworkers, but anyone that you've ever flown be weird to you about your gender? Uh, yeah, I have been pulled off a trip. Uh, like I, I didn't, I didn't want to you... know who. It... <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Wait, I, I'm sorry, my mouth just, dro- my jaw just dropped to the floor. You said you've been pulled off of a trip for what? Yeah, being, being a female because the. Yep. Yep. Oh. I... <laughs> I explain want- this more to me. Talk about it. I'm sorry. I just ran right over you, but I'm like, I'm just flabbergasted. No, it's, uh, it, yeah. I mean, I didn't look to see who it was. I don't want to know who it is because yeah. I don't want to like hold the grudge or anything, but yeah, yeah. The, there was a passenger that apparently didn't want a female pilot. Um, <gasps> and I was like, I was just so exasperated. I was like, you know, yeah. like it's just, it's so ridiculous. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, like what is this? The midi is this medieval times? Like what? I, I don't. I, I, I that that just has me flabbergasted and I've talked to a few people and I've seen like on you know Instagram I've seen some girls talking about that how they dealt with a passenger that just was like extremely rude to them just for being a female and completely discredited them um all just based off of gender that is so wild to me Claire that is well, I've had wild. another one that, I mean, it was an older woman, so not even a man, <gasps> come up to the flight attendant and Ew. say, yeah, d- she said, does she even know what she's doing? And like, oh, my, that- <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, bro, lady, do you want to throw hands? <laughs> so I never heard it. Like, the yeah. flight attendant told me after the fact, but I have to say, like, oh, my gosh, our flight attendants, like, they got my back. Like, before yeah. I before like nine times out of ten ground crew assumes that I'm the flight attendant despite the fact I'm like wearing my suit Mm -hmm. they always assume I'm the flight attendant yeah and before I can like oh it it drives me nuts I'm like dude I'm wearing like a suit and tie with stripes can can we not (laughs) yeah like (laughs) and it's half the time I wonder if like people say that just to like put you down because it's very obvious like the difference between the uniform of a flight attendant and the uniform of a pilot it, it's very 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 different and if you've flown off at least one commercial flight you know the difference and I think 
half the time when people say that kind of stuff to women, I swear to God, they do it just to give you like, like they just want to check you for no reason yes. at all. It's just like this little sly comment to kind of like put you down. And it shouldn't even be a matter of putting someone down because my mom, my grandma and my aunt were all flight attendants and being a flight attendant is not easy. It oh, is not no. easy. <laughs> they have to deal. They're dealing with the passengers. They're dealing with the assholes in the back. And yeah. they, and, and it makes me mad, like on both ends, like on one scale of it, it's like, I'm a pilot and I've worked really hard for everything that I have. How dare you discredit me? But at the same time, it's like, also, how dare you try and make me feel put down by assuming that I'm a flight attendant when flight attendant's job and the, the role that they serve is extremely important. Yeah. That's just, wow. I, I can't even imagine. That would make me so mad. <laughs> oh, it does. It makes me mad on a daily basis. But I, my flight attendants, they got my back. Like, before yeah. I can correct them, they're just like, no, she's the pilot. Like, very aggressively, too. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, that, those are girls. Those are your girls. That's and and awesome. that's exactly what this flight attendant did. When that lady said that, he's just like, he, he's our only male flight attendant. And I will say, because, like, he is a male flight attendant, and mm-hmm. I'm with usually a male captain. Like, yeah. I do get assumed to be the flight attendant but he, yeah. he also got my back and he's just like yeah. well she is at the front of the airplane so I'd like to think to, that she knows what she's doing because yeah. that does arrive first in a crash I was like oh wow <laughs> yeah yeah Ooh, I used to and that's such a that's one of the you're hitting me right now I mean you're killing <laughs> me because these are all thoughts that like I have on the daily basis like I'm I always think about it and it's like the because I mean my dad my dad flew and you know he did that for the majority of his life and I'd always think about it you know like when people when he'd have different stories where you know somebody was just unruly or someone was ungrateful it's like that those people in the front they're 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 going down first like yes if they're they're gonna sacrifice themselves for all of y'all like and I don't understand. I, there, there used to be so much respect towards our, you know, captains and our first officers, you know, for commercial flight and, and for craft, like, yeah, for all of that. And there's just not that same respect anymore. It makes no. me really, really sad. And my dad told me multiple times, he was like, you know, I sacrifice myself. This is my duty. My duty is to get these people to point A to point B safely because I'm thinking about their family on the other side. That's all I think about when I'm flying is the all 300 people back there, they have someone that loves them dearly. And I'm going to put myself at risk before any of these people are put at risk. You know, it's just, exactly. I wish people would show a little bit more respect. It's just, it kind of, I don't, I, but I feel like a lot of people just have this mentality of like, we're just the bus drivers of the sky. And it's so much more than that. It's so much more than that. There's so much duty and so much responsibility that comes into what you do and your line of work. But wow, Claire, you're just, you are a treat. I love that. I love having (laughs) you on. I could like sit here and talk to you forever. Um, But the last thing I wanted to ask you was, I wanted you to talk a little about the um, Sky Kids and if we can donate to the organization, I know you told me about it a little bit the other day, and I, I really, really love what you guys do, and I know all of my listeners would love to hear about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Sky Kids actually started out in Arizona like 10 years ago, um, and I discovered it when I was going out there for college. I volunteered, um, and it's a day where uh, we host at the airport, and 
children from the ages of five to 20 uh, with special needs or disabilities can go up in a general aviation airplane free of charge. Like the whole day is completely free. We just sign them up. Um, Mm -hmm. They get a flight. It's like 45 minutes with a parent or guardian. There's lunch, there's music. Um, We invite like uh, Star Wars characters and clowns and it's just, it's supposed to be a fun day for them. Yeah. It's like a confidence boost. Um, Dude, I, I'm trying to go. <laughs> you me too. When, yeah. when you told me about it yesterday, I was like, listen, if they had like the Mandalorian there and a the little baby Yoda, <laughs> and I'm down for a clown. Like I'm down for it all. Like sign me up. This sounds like the best day of my life. Like what? Pizza party. How can yes. you say no to that? That's so awesome that you guys do that because it's such a, you know, I, I grew up flying with my dad and his cub and it never got old. Like every single time my dad would say, oh, we're going to the airport. I mean, the joy that gave me as a child was just, it, it was really, really special and beautiful thing. And I'm so glad that you guys are able, you know, to give that gift to people who probably wouldn't be able to do that otherwise. Yeah. And I mean, like, that's kind of like the driving force behind it is like, this is a confidence boost for those kids. And they're yeah. they, so a lot of these kids are probably never going to be able to like drive a car or something like yeah. that. So be able to handle a complex machine, even for just like a little bit, is yeah. like a huge deal to them. Yeah. Um, but wow. we host our event out in uh, Chino, California. Um, and we typically do it in like the September, October time period. So it's not like stupid hot. Yeah. Um, we weren't able to host it last year and I'm not super confident we'll be able to pull it off this year just because everything is like slow to open. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure how that's going to work out, but yes, you can absolutely donate. Um, we do have a website, um, mm-hmm. it's skykids.org. Um, okay. And uh, I believe it's on my Instagram page. And we also have a separate Instagram page, uh, skykids.ca, that has the website. And um, you can do PayPal. You can send in a check. Um, We can also shop with Amazon Smiles, and we get, like, a part of the proceeds for that. And it's a 501c3, so everything you donate is tax deductible. Yay! (laughs) That's awesome. Well, I'll definitely link, like, all of that in the um, podcast description below. But that's so awesome you guys do that. And when you told me about that yesterday, it just – it really made me happy. Um, And what you guys do is just – that's really, really incredible. And making people, giving people that smile and that confidence and that just all of it is just such a beautiful thing. And it makes me so happy. But anyways, Claire, is there anything, you know, anything that we missed that you'd like to discuss? Um, I, I'm all out of questions. I could probably sit here and talk to you forever, though. <laughs> You're like so cool. Oh, thank you. No, thank you so much for having me. I, I had an absolutely amazing time talking to you. Um, I, all right. I, I, yeah. Well, plug, go, go ahead and plug yourself. Um, let the people know your, what's your Instagram handle? Right, so I am under Jillian's list. So it's like it's Jillian with a G mm-hmm. and then underscore list. Okay. Um, that's me, Claire Schindler. And awesome. I post a lot of pictures of flying. And Yay. Like well, people <laughs> love that. I mean, my, my Instagram feed is like nothing but aviation at this point, which makes me so much happier. All I did was follow influencers. And let me tell you <laughs> yeah. something like just getting on Instagram like a few months ago, like my has changed completely in the past six months like it went from just influencer women like stunting products and flexing on the gram to like just straight aviation all aviation oh, yeah. flying pictures and it 
it makes me so much happier. I'm like, I don't get on Instagram anymore and feel like absolutely crippled. And I'm not like staring in the mirror like, oh, oh yeah, my God, it's, I'm, it's so unhealthy. Yes. It's so toxic. Yes. Yeah, no, my ex went through my Instagram and he was just like, your Instagram consists of airplanes and puppies and the office. I was like, I don't understand how that's a problem. Like, <laughs> I know I went through a while back and I just deleted like. I I unfollowed so many people and I mean like I love some of these people as their aesthetic but I was just like you're bad for my health goodbye like you're just you're really bad for my health (laughs) I'm not gonna torture myself to like check somebody out I won't do it yeah it's it's important to make that not toxic yeah oh yeah for real and yeah it can it can get so dark so quickly if you follow the wrong people it's just like you'll be scrolling 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 and then all of a sudden you're like I am a dumpster fire. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, let me just go, like, crawl back into bed and we'll start again tomorrow because I'm just sad. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. All right, Claire. So anyways, we'll wrap this up. But thank you so much again for coming on. I really enjoyed this and I hope to have you on again soon because you were such a treat. I really enjoyed this. Well, thank you so much. I had a blast. I, I, you know, I fully support what you're doing and I appreciate all the hard work and sacrifice you're doing to, to get the word out. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be, you know, without, without people like you who are, you know, willing to want to speak up about it and talk about it, it wouldn't be possible. Um, it's definitely, this is, I keep saying it, but it's huge fight. Um, and it's not going to be something that, we can one person can do alone we're really really gonna have to you know find the strength and the confidence to band together and stand as a united front against this and really speak up and advocate for change but it's it's gonna take you know more than just one person it's gonna be you me and people like you know in our group and so hopefully you know hopefully with spreading the good word and keeping you know keep on doing this we'll we'll get more people talking and get the conversation flowing yeah absolutely love it all right well thanks again claire